Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Prayer for you also that are tuned in. Don't scream at this Super Bowl game or at this TV louder than you would in the house of God. I can't stand it when people say, oh, I feel uncomfortable when I come in the house of worship. I don't know how to scream. I don't know how to cheer. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm sorry. I feel like somebody, old grandma who got the microphone and they need to be taken away from me. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but somebody tuned in this morning needs to hear it. Men are without excuse without excuse God is not going to go for that he's not crazy he knows how to reach you and he knows when he's spoken to you he won't hold you accountable for something that you didn't know but he will hold you accountable for that which you knew to whom much is given much is required let's go to God in prayer you're everything we don't always treat you like you're everything and we repent of that right now God I'll be the first to say God I don't always put you first sure it's easy for me to acknowledge you with my lips and I know that intellectually that you're everything but God in the midst of life sometimes I reach for the phone to call a friend I reach for my spouse I reach for so much more than just you God and I'm sorry I repent and I pray for those, oh God, who are under the sound of my voice, who have similar hearts bent towards repentance this morning, that we're sorry. We, it's easier for, for us to say that you're everything, oh God, than to just embrace you and being everything. We repent, God, and not for some fake act of humility, but we repent right now, God, because we need more of you and we want you to show us and walk us through this difficult journey of putting you first in every single thing help us God because you really are everything to us we love you this morning we love you that's my only prayer request is that you would show yourself to be everything to us that you would strengthen us to live as such. Oh God. Thank you for loving us. We would have been doomed if you had not come up with a redemptive plan. Sunday isn't the time that we reserve, oh God, just to talk about your cross. We need it daily. We need to be reminded of it daily. Lest we forget how great of a cost you paid for us. Lest we forget that grace just costs nothing. It costs you everything. And that's why you're everything to us, because you paid the ultimate price for you to be everything to us. We love you. And I pray, God, that you would hear our prayer. And by faith, we declare that you will answer it. Father, I pray for Pastor Keith and Al, for your manservant that will come to deliver your word. I pray over him just as I prayed over the praise team this morning that you would give him a renewed vigor a renewed strength that he won't grow weary in well-doing it's, it's easy for so many to fall out of the race it's easy to start a thing to be excited and then just fall out but day in and day out he's been showing up showing up coming back to you coming back to your feet fixing his ear to heaven so that he may do your will and so but he's a mere man God so we ask that you would fill him with your strength because intellect can only go so far. Passion can't complete the race. 
but your spirit will see us through it. So fill them, God, with your strength and with your spirit all over again to do the thing that you've called him to do and give us ears to hear it so that it's not in vain. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Listen, if you haven't already shared, and I want to encourage you to <clears throat> do that now. Somebody needs some word in them before the Super Bowl begins. Somebody needs the word in them. Um, they're not going to be afraid to post all day in their shirts and spam you. So you spam them right now with the word. Don't worry about what they're going to think. You don't do that when you pick your team. I'm wearing my shirt proudly, despite what Ari may say. I'm going to wear this shirt right in her face. So I want you to do the same thing with ours the brunt of my jokes this morning if you're just tuning in but i want you to do the same thing don't be so shy and worried about what people will say just share it to their post i don't care if they're atheists i don't care if they go to somebody else's church just share it just share it. they'll be all right who knows you might start the course of something that god is trying to do in their life amen let us receive pastor Keith. bless the Lord this morning I pray that what the, the worship team ministered this morning was simply not just lyrics but I pray that we live it pray that what they ministered was just not lyrics but we live it I believe the Lord the only thing that the Lord is trying to get out of our lives as we kind of traverse this journey called life he wants us to know that he's our everything. And matter of fact, he wants us to declare that he's our everything. Matter of fact, the Bible declares that apart from him, we can do nothing. I don't know about anybody else, but the Lord truly is my everything. And matter of fact, also in his word, it declares that in him we move, we live, and we have our being. Until somebody catches the revelation that he's our everything, we're lost in this journey. So I pray this morning that these lyrics become life, that we can truly de declare that he's our everything. I'm so grateful that in him, I move, I live, and I have my being. That's good news this morning. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want us to look at verses 18 through 20. I know many of y'all like, Pastor Keith, don't do a lot of talking this morning. I need to get ready for the Super Bowl. I'm going to let y'all get ready for the Super Bowl. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. I'm starting a new sermon series this morning called Beyond Repair. Beyond Repair. I'll tell y'all what that is in a little bit. But let's look at the text it reads as thus, verse 18 declares, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task, some versions say ministry of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. Oh, that's good news. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That's me and you. He gave us this message. Watch what verse 20 says. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. Verse number 20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, those of you who are in the sanctuary. I want to minister from this subject this morning, the plight of reconciliation, the plight of reconciliation. I want us to understand something that ever since the fall of man, all have been born into and must live through a broken world. 
a broken world. Ever since the fall of men, we had to be born into and must live through a broken world. And notice why God declares this to Adam in Genesis 3.17 after the fall in the garden. Notice what he says. He says, cursed is the ground for your sake. And in one Hebrew translation of this word, curse means imperfect. For those of us who are in the sanctuary, somebody say imperfect. In other words, we are born as imperfect people into an imperfect world. Y'all got to stay with me. In other words, we're broken, broken. Uh, that includes, I don't care what you think, that includes us as believers. We're born into uh, as imperfect people and we must live through an imperfect world. We're broken. Uh, we are saved yet imperfect. We are maybe in pursuit of perfection, but yet still imperfect. Therefore, you have a broken people attempting to navigate through a broken world. What a sad tragedy. And whenever the foundation is broken, hear this, more brokenness is subject to happen. When, when, whenever the foundation is broken, more brokenness is subject to happen. In other words, what do I mean? Because we're in a broken world, that leaves us subject to broken societies. Uh, the reason that many of us came up in broken homes is because of a broken world. And many of us, I know this, it hurts even today. We've experienced it, some broken relationships. This is a sad tragedy of even the most devout believer. I don't care how long you've been walking with God, you've experienced some form of brokenness in your life. And we must navigate this journey of faith in the midst of so much brokenness. Many of us have come from brokenness. Many of us have been cared in brokenness. And even worse, we've learned to simply cope with brokenness. I'm talking about believers, y'all. We, we, we've, we've come from places of brokenness. Many of us were raised by parents that they themselves were broken. And many of us have simply learned to cope with brokenness, especially when it comes to relationships. And somebody may be saying, why? Why, why have we learned to cope with this level of brokenness? Because when relationships become broken, the world has taught us to disregard those relationships. When, when relationships become broken, the world has taught us to dismiss those relationships. And watch this. It, when, the, when relationships in our life become broken, the world has told us to pronounce death over those relationships rather than desire to reconcile. Y'all know y'all, you ain't got time to be wasting with them. That's what the world has taught us. Even more, believers have found it easier, or better yet, more advantageous to walk away from relationships that are broken rather than doing the work of reconciliation. We, we just feel like it's easier to simply walk away. We declare that the stress of dealing with them ain't worth the work of reconciling. We, we say the strain of dealing with them ain't worth the work of reconciling. And y'all know I don't want to stretch myself that much to work on reconciling with them. Yet hear this, your unwillingness to deal with them is not the Lord's desire. That might be yours, but it's not God's. Somebody say, it's not God's desire. For many believers, it's not that you don't know his word concerning reconciliation. It's just that your will is getting in the way of reconciliation. Did y'all hear what I just said? Many of us, we know what God says about living in peace with all men. We know that we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. It's not that we don't know his word. Our will, or in other words, our personal desire is getting in the way. So listen, before we even get into this sermon series, I know some of y'all are in your house. You probably sitting in your living room. Some of y'all sitting on your beds. But we've got to get this out of our system before we move forward. And let's get that person on our mind. And I'm going to let you say it right now. I don't don't want to deal with them y'all say that I don't want to deal with them okay we done got that out of our system the reason that some of our relationships are still broken is because your flesh is still a barrier ah oh, y'all ain't like that it's not that this person is too difficult to deal with my flesh is getting in the way you don't want to deal with them yep that, that that's that's the answer but hear this as believers we've been given this burden of reconciliation 
Not only do we see this in our foundational text, but I love how the New Living Translation says it like this. If you're taking notes, Romans 12, 18, the New Living Translation says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Somebody say everyone. And here this is the one Greek translation of the word peace means wholeness. In other words, we're called to live in a reconciled way with everyone. That means reconciliation has been demanded by God. And reconciliation, watch this, depends on us. We've been given the burden to reconcile. And here's a word of wisdom. I hear somebody saying that the only way I can have peace with them is if I don't deal with them. But in reality, you fail to live in peace because you don't have peace in your heart concerning them. Did y'all hear what I just said? Many of us love to say, no, nah, Pastor Keith, you don't know what you're talking about because the only way that I can have a level of peace is if I don't see their face, if I don't deal with them. I don't want to deal with them, and that's the only way that I can have a level of peace. Watch this. No, if the one that has left you, they may have, have left you, but you still don't like them. So, so the, I don't still have this level of peace. That's not peace. It's still broken. You may not deal with them, but you still don't like them. And peace won't come until we pursue reconciliation. Therefore, over the course of this sermon series, my desire is that we understand our pursuit for reconciliation. That we have a desire, watch this, for all broken relationships concerning our lives to be reconciled, uh, repaired, and restored. I'm talking about the one that left you. Yeah, I know you don't like that. That one that walked out on you, God wants you to reconcile with them. Even the one that lied to you. Oh, somebody say, the one that lied to me. And hear this, y'all ain't going to like this, but some of y'all got folk that you need to reconcile with that you live with. I'm talking about all of them. Because if we can be honest, some of us live with folk that we have broken relationships with. And God says all of them, all of them, the one that left you, the one that lied to you, and the one you live with. You got folk married and they in broken relationships. You got, you got siblings in houses and broken relationships. God says even the one you live with. So over the course of the next few weeks, we'll examine God's plan for reconciliation. We'll examine our pursuit of reconciliation. And we'll also examine our posture in reconciliation. But this morning, I want to examine the plight of reconciliation. Or in other words, why has God given us this burden to reconcile with folk that we don't like? I want to talk about that plight this morning. And, and, and watch, it's, it's, it's interesting to note that in our foundational text, Paul was admonishing believers at the church of Corinth. Somebody say the church at Corinth. And, and he says he's telling these believers to reconcile. I want y'all to understand anybody who's ever read um, the first of uh, uh, the, these two epistles of Corinthians that these believers had issues with disputes. Paul had to keep telling them about the disputes you got going on. They had issues with division. They had issues with deception. You got folks sleeping with mother-in-laws and they even dealt in demonic activity. All in the church. Somebody say in the church. Watch this, that means these were broken believers dealing with brokenness all while in a broken church. And Paul says, I want you to, to reconcile. Oh, somebody say, I'm without excuse. I'm, I'm without excuse. Yet it was these believers that Paul gave this message of reconciliation to. This is, should serve as our encouragement that as we endeavor to reconcile, in like manner, I want you to hear me and hear me good. We may feel broken. We may be dealing with brokenness, and we may be in the midst of brokenness. But here's the good news. God has given us this plight to reconcile. And as he did with the believers in Corinth, he also gives us the power to reconcile. Paul would have never told them folk to reconcile if God wasn't going to give them the power to reconcile. We've been given power. And then despite the problems we may see in the face of reconciliation, We've been given the power to reconcile. My prayer is that we understand our plight so that we might pursue reconciliation in all of our broken relationships. So here's what I want to do. I want to be out your way real quick. I'm not going to dig too deep this morning because I know y'all want to watch the Super Bowl, but we're going to dig deep in the midst of this sermon series. But I want to lay the foundation. So let's look at verse 18a. 
verse 18a. The Bible says, and all of this is a gift from God. Oh, y'all, that, that right there should just knock us all out. That God says this is a gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. The very fact that we can call ourselves believers reveals that we are byproducts ourselves of reconciliation. I, I can't call myself a believer if I was not a byproduct of reconciliation. We are at peace with God because God has made peace with us. In other words, he's reconciled this relationship that was once broken. Uh, we've been given this plight of reconciliation. Watch this because we are the manifestation of reconciliation. So here's my first, first point. The reason why God has given us this burden because we ourselves are the manifestation of reconciliation. Notice what our foundational text declares. The Bible says this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. We were given the gift of reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. And because of the Lord's shed blood, our relationship with God that was once broken has now been made whole. That's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm glad that because of his shed blood, I'm now, my relationship with God is now made whole. It was a gift, watch this, that we did not earn and that we did not deserve. And here's the reason why we reconcile with those who don't deserve it and those who really didn't even earn it because our reconciliation from God was a gift of grace. Somebody say it was grace. One we did not deserve. So many of us come up with all these excuses as to why. No, they got a nasty attitude, Pastor Keith. No, you know when I go around them, they try to act all crazy. No, they've never showed any level of sympathy towards the broken relationship. So, tell your neighbor, I didn't deserve it myself. So the reason I reconcile with folk that I really don't like is because God did it for me. Oh, somebody say God did it for me. Because of this grace that was extended to us, we then extend this same grace to another. We must reconcile ourselves unto others, and we may not like this, but as believers, we pursue reconciliation with others, void of their cooperation and void of their consent. Did y'all hear what I just said? When G the Bible says, oh, y'all got to stay with me. I don't want to go too far. Oh, I I'll go there. Romans 5 verse 8. Notice what the Bible says in Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Ah, oh, y'all got to stay with me. Uh, and I love how the text says the word wow. That means God reconciled with us while we weren't obeying God. He, he, he died. He sent his son to die for us while we weren't open to God. And watch this. He even did it while we were in opposition to God. Somebody say wow. So that means you can pursue reconciliation with someone else while they still nosy. I know you don't, they all up in your business, but you can still yet reconcile. Watch this, even while they're still negligent, my daddy ain't in my life today, but God says you can still reconcile. Watch this, even while they still nasty, God says you can reconcile. I know they saying stuff about your name, but even as God says, wow, we were yet sinners. He sent his son to die for us. That means if, 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 if God can do it for us and he did it for us, I can do it for somebody else. I know that's one of the most difficult things in the journey. And, and watch this. I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. This will help you grow expeditiously in your walk with God when you can learn how to forgive folk. Wow. Oh, there was some, that, I know some folk that did me wrong and I smiled in their face. Wow. Oh, there was some folk that I know slandered my name and I still hugged them. Wow. God took me to another level while I was able to reconcile even. Wow. They were still nasty. Wow. They were still nosy and why they were even still negligent. And watch this. You have the power to reconcile. It's important to note that you can only reveal the nature of God to another to the degree which the nature of God has been revealed to you. I want y'all to hear what I just said. You can only reveal the nature of God to another to the, to the degree which the nature of God has been revealed to you. And herein lies one of the reasons we've been given this plight to reconcile with others. Because we've experienced what his manifestation of reconciliation with God feels like. And therefore, we're able to pursue reconciliation with another. See, this is how you know folks saved for real. 
right? When you really know what God has done in your life, it can make you and give you the power to do the same thing that God did to you to somebody else. Watch this even when they don't deserve it. Oh, man. I, I know. That's how y'all know the song says, I know I've been changed. Uh, when I know this level of nature of God, I want to make sure that somebody can know it as well. Uh, so we pursue reconciliation with them. Yet we've only been given this plight of reconciliation because we are the manifestation of reconciliation. I know you don't like this, but the reason that you've been given this burden, because God himself reconciled with you. And watch it. He did it while you were a sinner. Oh, that's good news. So, so here's the first thing. I told y'all I'm going to be out your way. Let's look at verse 18b. The Bible says, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. As I mentioned earlier, our reconciliation with God was a gift. Somebody say it was a gift. So, so it was this gift from God. And any gift that God gives, we're required to steward that gift. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever God gives us any kind of gift, um, it's even, you know, some people can run away from callings. And God has called you to a certain thing. He's deposited a gift. God says, no, I need you to be a good steward over that gift. All right? And it's revealed, watch this, in the, in the parable of the talents found in Matthew 25. That God requires all gifts, all gifts including the manifestation of reconciliation, to be, watch this, multiplied. Uh, if, if anybody knows, I don't want to try to go too deep into the parable um, found in Matthew 25 of the talents, but, you know, God, the, the, the master gave one one and gave another a little bit more and they gave another, and they were, they were called to be a good steward as the master was gone. All right? And the one with one um, left his in the ground and said, I want to make sure nothing happens to it, and he was not a good steward, and God says, whenever I give you a gift, I needed somebody to say, multiply in other words, we have a mandate to reconcile. So here's the other thing I want you all to understand. The second point is I, we have this mandate of reconciliation, this mandate. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion because you, it's been demanded of every believer. Oh, y'all don't like that. I, you, it ain't no time to debate with God. It ain't no time for me to have a discussion. God, but you know how nasty they are. God, you know how they ain't never been in my life. God, you know this and this and this about him. And watch this. Why don't you say that about yourself? God knows all your nasty stuff too. So it's been demanded of every believer. And this is, watch what our foundational text says. God has given us this task, task of reconciling. Some versions of this um, task, uh, this word task is also ministry. So the question we got to ask ourselves is, how faithful have we been to this ministry of reconciliation? Everybody want to be in ministry, but nobody don't want to reconcile. Everybody want a title, but y'all ain't even do the first ministry that all of us have been given is reconciliation. Y'all know some folk done left churches, churches and started um, ministries because they was mad at pastors and they did not do the first ministry they were given reconciliation. Reconcile. Uh, and watch this. What do I mean? Are you complacent in the face of broken relationships? That means I'm slow to reconcile. When you know I know something's broken, I'll be there, they'll be there. I'll talk to them in a few weeks. I'm a, where, 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 where are you complacent in the face of broken relationships? In other words, are you content in the face of broken relationships? I'm, I'm unwilling to move. That don't move me. I don't care. I don't got to do them. It's all good with me. Are you content? Are, are you, are, are even this, are you even moved with compassion in the face of broken relationships? Some of y'all don't even care if you reconcile all together. I know they're they sad. I know they're hurting. But I don't even, I'm not even moved with compassion. Oh, somebody say that's a sad tragedy. Because why is this significant? Because many believers know how to cut people off better than they know how to be moved with compassion in the face of broken relationships. We've mastered cutting people off. No, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to block their number. I'm going to cut them off of Facebook. Y'all, I hate to see folk that say, yeah, I'm going to do a little purging on my Facebook list this year. We know we've mastered that. And God says, I've given you. And, and this is believers. Ooh, some of y'all believers are so bad in the only ministry that God has given you. And here's the, here's the sad news. If the latter is our reality, then we fail to be faithful to our mandate of reconciliation. 
Watch the very words of Paul that Paul admonished to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. For those of us who are in the sanctuary, I believe it's on our screens. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says, uh, as, as Paul admonished Timothy, so does the Lord admonish all believers. He says, he told Timothy to fulfill your ministry. The one ministry that you've been given, God says, fulfill it. So the parent you don't want to talk to, will God declare, have you failed, fulfilled your ministry? That friend that you don't do no more, will God declare that you fulfilled your ministry? I know y'all don't like that this morning. And that ex that you can't stand, will God declare, have you fulfilled your ministry? I know we don't like that, y'all. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I pray she ain't watching. If she is watching, praise the Lord. I, one, of the, one of the things in my testimony is that when I was in college, I got a scholarship to play football, and I thought that that was going to be my career. I was going to pursue it. I did really well, y'all, went playing football. So I got a full, full scholarship to go off to college to play football. The first semester in, I get a call from my girlfriend, and she says I'm pregnant. So, 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 so I, I, knowing that my relationship with my own father was strained, I said I'm going to come home. I was out of state, y'all, in Nebraska. I say, I'm going to come home. I'm going to get a job, full-time job. I'm going to take care of this child. I'm going to be there because I know what it was like to not have a father fully involved in my life. Three years later, I get a call. She, she wants to have um, insurance, y'all. So, 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 you know, governmental insurance, they want to make sure that somebody's financially taking care of the child. Long story short, they asked me, did I want to take a paternity test? I took the test and I found out that after three years of the boy calling me daddy, he's not mine. So, so think of all that I've lost. I could have been so bitter. And she called me one day and she said, I'm so sorry. And she thought that I would never talk to her again. But I knew my ministry. Somebody say, I know my ministry. I was able to forgive her and reconcile with her. Because this ministry we've been given has been mandated by God and God alone. The latter portion of Proverbs 20 verse 6 declares, but who can find a faithful man? It is no different with our mandate to reconcile. We must ask ourselves, will the Lord find us faithful to this mandate to reconcile? I, I, I know they hurt you. I know it don't feel good. I, I, I know it seems like you can't even muster the strength to look in their eyes. But God says, I've demanded you to reconcile. So hear this in Amacho way. We are the manifestation of reconciliation. We've been given this mandate of reconciliation in verse number 19, and this is my last point. Notice what the Bible says. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Hear this. A message will always accompany your ministry. All right, this is for anybody who's called to ministry. Stay with me. A message. God won't send you into ministry without a message. Uh, somebody say, I've got a message. So here is a good litmus test if the Lord has given you a ministry. Do you have a message? So here's my third point. We have the message of reconciliation. And here's just a word of wisdom before I go too deep. We got too many people running around with so-called ministries, but no message. Did y'all hear what I just said? That is not of God. If I, if I got to try to figure out what the pastor is saying, if I got to stretch myself to say that was a word, we got folk running around with ministries, but no message. God will never give you a ministry without a message. Oh, it's a lot of folk that got some ministries that need to shut down. Somebody say, today. This revelation remains true with the ministry of reconciliation. The reason we can fulfill this ministry is because God has graced us with the message of reconciliation. Somebody say, I've got a message. So, so here's some encouragement. Don't worry about what you will say to them because the Lord has put a word in your mouth. Oh, that's good news, y'all. As the Lord encouraged his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 19 through 20, I believe we should be encouraged with these words as well. Watch what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 through 20. Do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. And then somebody may be saying, well, Pastor Keith, why is this significant? Because fear is always one of the greatest enemies of reconciliation. 
The reason why I should be encouraged that he gives me a message, because fear will always try to get in the way. It's the fear of their rejection. Will they reject me when I even ask them, can I have a conversation with you? We, we have the fear of if they will receive our message. I, I know they're going to sit down with me, but will they receive it? And watch this. And we have the fear of how they will respond. Somebody say fear. fear. Ah, but the good news is that there's no need to fear when the Lord gives us a message. Ah, why, watch this. Ah, this is why our foundational text is this. He. Somebody say he. Uh, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He gave us his message. And here's some good news. When God gives a word, that word always comes with power. Oh, that's good news to me. Some I don't need to fear when I know it's a word from God. Because whenever he gives me a word, I don't care what they're going to do. That word has come with power. And, and watch this. Y'all got to stay with me and understand this. Because his word has come with power... I don't put no timetable or, or, or time limitations on when that power will, um, will really cause transformation. Because many of us, we get upset because we don't see the transformation immediately in the natural. But God, somebody say, God don't work on my timing. So all I've got to do is be obedient with the message and let God, watch this, do the work. Oh, he's got the word. Let God do the work. And here's the only time you should fear. Uh, the only time we should fear is when we bring our own word to reconcile. That's when we have to worry. Whenever, if God don't give me the words, that's when I need to fear. Y'all probably saying, why, Pastor Keith? Because you know what a lot of folk like to do? When we get with folk, we want to cry. We want to cuss and we want to complain. Somebody say, there's no power in that. Okay, y'all, I, I don't know about anybody. I hope y'all watching. Y'all that like to reconcile, I'm, I'm going to cry in their face. I'm going to tell them how much they hurt me. I'm going to complain about X, Y, and Z. Most, most folk, we've got believers that know how to cuss better than the world. Uh, and there's no power in that. You done cussed them out before. That's why he's still acting like he do. You done cried in her face before, and that's why she still can't trust your behind. You done complained. And ain't nothing changed because there's no power in that. So don't attempt. Watch this. Here's a word of wisdom. Don't attempt to reconcile void of a word from the Lord. So, here, so some of y'all probably saying, Pastor Keith, I get that we're supposed to reconcile with all folk, all broken relationships. But I don't want to move until I get a word from God. And that's so much that God wants to do before he gives us a word. Many a times he's got to heal us from our hurt before he gives us a word. I had a conversation with my daddy probably oh, several years back, but I was not mature enough when the relationship was initially broken. Because you know what? I would have went with my own word. So God had to say, no, I got to do a work in you. There's some stuff I got to do in your dad's heart. There's some stuff that I got to lay up to set the atmosphere just right so that you can go and reconcile. So here's what I'm trying to say. Don't go rush and try to, after this message, go run to every broken relationship and try to reconcile that thing. Now what you do is say, God, give me a word. I won't go until you give me a word. Because if we can be honest, there are some that we are not in relation. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. So watch this. Because if we can be honest, there are some that we are not in relationship with that we need power to even go around. I, some Y'all know you, because they hurt us so bad, I need power. And the only way that I'm going to go with power is if I go with his word. They hurt us so bad, we need power. The pain of the brokenness is so deep, we need power. And the memory of their relationship is so depressing that we need power. I don't want to go around folk that I'm called to reconcile with and I just break down boo-hoo boo crying. Because I need power, y'all. That boo-hoo cry ain't got no power in it. So God has said, uh, before you even go, let me give you a level of strength. And the way you're going to get that strength is through a word. Somebody say through a word. Oh, that's good news and the memory. Uh, therefore, our prayer must be before we move with zeal to reconcile is that, that the Lord gives us the message of reconciliation before we move towards reconciliation. Oh, I'm, I'm, my wife gave me some wonderful wisdom when I was getting ready to plant the church. 
I wanted to share something with somebody, and I wanted to tell them how bad they hurt me. And I said, I, I just, I feel the necessary um, necessity just to lay all my truth before them. And she told me that it would not be wise. And I wanted to do it. Why watch this? Out of my own admonition. God did not give me a word. Sometimes we got to wait on God's word. I could have got in that, that meeting. I could have sat down with him, and it would have been nothing but tears. And that would not have been wise. And watch this. If I would have went, the, the, whole, the, the whole impetus for me going to launch a ministry would have been based on their hurt and not because God had called me. And it would have not have been wise. Oh, my wife gave me some good knowledge, y'all. So this is why, watch this, Proverbs 19, 2 eight declares this. Even zeal is not good without knowledge. Somebody say, I need a message. Uh, yet the reason we've been given the plight of reconciliation is because the Lord has also given us the message of reconciliation. And hear this, I'm done. Uh, every believer has been given this burden of reconciliation. No believer is exempt. Therefore, every bro broken relationship in our lives is not exempt from this burden that the Lord has given us. It must not only be our prayer as believers. You, we got a lot of folk that like to pray about reconciliation, but it must be our pursuit. We must not be satisfied. I'm never satisfied with any broken relationships in our lives, but we must strive to reconcile them all because we've been given this plight of reconciliation. But here's the good news. Because we've been given this plight, we've also been given power. Uh, but we got to realize this plight is the reason we've been given this plight is because we are the manifestation of reconciliation. We've been given the mandate of reconciliation and we've been given the message of reconciliation. But even more, this plight extends beyond our earthly relationships. Many, many times we think God has given us this ministry of reconciliation just for earthly relationships. Somebody say not so. Not so. All right. Notice what verse 20 of our foundational text says. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is, is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. In other words, this plight of reconciliation includes that we are mediators of reconciliation. What do I mean? We plead with men not only to reconcile with us, but even more, we plead with men to reconcile with God. Uh, Y'all got to stay with me. One of the worst I think um, uh, aspects of, a, of this modern day church is that we've given up on evangelism. We, we think evangelism is fish fries. We think evangelism is having family and friend day. And But what, watch this. Somebody say there's more to that. We are mediators. Watch this. God has given us this, this ministry to be mediators between a broken people and their God. God is saying the reason that I've given you the ministry of reconciliation because you knows what it feels like to be a broken person and find your God. And God says we tell others to now, watch this, come back to God. Oh, I don't know about anybody else, but we've been given this great message. We've been given this great ministry to serve as mediators of reconciliation. Yet hear this, we can never serve as the mediators of reconciliation between broken people and their God if we can never manifest reconciliation in our earthly relationships. Y'all heard what I just said? The reason why you got a lot of preachers that can preach really well and then everybody, ooh, they just got a gift and an anointed on their life, but nobody gets saved in that ministry because nobody believes the message that is coming out of their mouth because they don't know how to get it right with their earthly relationships. Tell your neighbor, I got to get it right. I don't want to be a minister and be able to try to share God's word and nobody gets saved. And the reason they don't get saved is because they know you nasty with your earthly relationship. You don't know how to reconcile with your mama. How you going to tell me to reconcile with God? We're called to be mediators. Somebody, I want you to declare this, Lord, help us to fulfill our ministry. I don't know who's watching this morning, but put that in the comment box. Everybody that's watching, Lord, help us to fulfill our ministry. And I want to say this before I pray. I'm going to be done before noon, y'all. One of the words that the Lord put on my heart for this year, I shared this to the leaders, and I want to share this to those that are watching. 
The Lord said that this would be the year of connections. God says that it's critical for the connections that you have in this season. Watch this, because they're going to be the very reasons that you go to your next level in God. Connections. Put that in the comment box. Connections. And hear this. This is why it's so critical. It's going to be critical about the connections we seek the connections that we sever, because some of y'all living, y'all got some connections with some worldly folk that God has been telling you to come out from among them and be ye separate. So, so he's saying the connections that we seek, the connections that we sever, and watch this, also the connections that we strengthen. The reason that many of us are stagnant and where God has us is because you don't want to reconcile with relationships that have been broken in your life. It's the year of connections. I want to pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for this ministry. God, we're all called to be ministers. And for that, God, I say thank you. God, no believer is exempt. God, we're called to reconcile. Thank you for this burden. Thank you for this plight. And God, we know, God, now why we've been given this plight. For you have declared, God, we are the manifestation of reconciliation. As believers, the very reason that we can say that we are now the sons of God is because, God, you first reconciled with us. God, we can never reveal the nature of you to another believer or another person without ourselves experience that degree or that nature of you. Thank you, God, for reconciling us unto you, God. And thank you, God, that you did it while we were yet sinners. God, we can reconcile even while they nasty even while they're negligent, and even while they still knows it. Yeah, let them come on in, God, because we'll reconcile with them. And God, we thank you, God, that not only that, God, but we've been given a mandate. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion, God. But you said, God, you've given us this task. God, many of us are going to come to you in glory, and you're going to ask us, God, how faithful were we to our, not, not how good we sung, not how many times we attended service, not how much scripture we know, but did we fulfill our ministry? Yes, God, the one that lied to us. Yes, God, the one that left us. And yes, God, even the one we live with. Help us, God, to fulfill our ministry for it's a mandate on our lives. And God, I pray and I thank you, God, for the message. There's somebody struggling even now trying to figure, should they run to them and try to reconcile even now? God, don't let them go without a word. For your word is declared, God, even zeal without knowledge is not good. God, we need your word. Because matter of fact, God, some of us, God, need power to even be in their presence. They hurt us that bad, God. God, the, the brokenness is too deep, God. God, we need power to be in their presence. So God, don't send us without a word. Because in our own accord, God, we'll cry, we'll complain, God. We might even cuss them. But God, there's no power in that. So thank you, God, for your word that comes with power. And God, we even thank you, God, even for the most greatest uh, burden of reconciliation. That you've given us this great ministry, God, to be mediators. God, some of us are the worst evangelists. We know the word, we can sing, we can quote scripture from front to back, but we don't know how to do earthly relationships. Nobody ain't listening to us about the God we serve. And we can't even love on our mama. We can't reconcile with our siblings. God, we can't reconcile with our friends. Help us, God, to be great, better mediators between a broken people and their God. We thank you, we honor you, God. God, we want to see heaven increase. God let us get our earthly relationships right first and then someone will hear the message that you've given us of reconciliation God we love you we adore you and we bless your name and it's in Jesus name that we do pray and every believer that believe said amen amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah there may be somebody that's watching and they're saying oh I appreciate this message Pastor Keith I've learned some stuff about the broken relationships in my life, but I realized that the, the most broken relationship that I have is between me and God. There's somebody that's saying that I don't even know 
if God will say, well done, and I've got to get it right today. If that's your testimony, watch this. The good news is the Bible declares that it's better to be a, 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 a live dog, a dog, rather than a dead lion. In other words, the Bible is saying that I still have hope. As long as there's breath in my body, it's a good opportunity to be saved. And here's what the Bible declares. If you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. What am I confessing? The first confession is that I'm in need of a Savior. As Romans 5 and 8 declared, that God had to send his son to die for me. Because watch this, I was a sinner. If you can declare that I'm a sinner in need of salvation, you can be saved this morning. Not only that, there's so many folks saying that you can get to God any kind of way. I'm sorry to tell you. You may have just heard this on today, but there's only one way. And that way is Jesus Christ. He's the only perfect man that could bear our sins. And that God would atone all the sins of every man on the earth. I've got to know and I've got to give my life to the one who gave his life for me. And that's Jesus Christ. If you can believe you're a sinner and if you can believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, you're on your way to salvation. And not only that, the Bible says in the, in the book of Romans that even the demons believe. Got a lot of folk that say they believe God, but nobody allows God to lord over their life. This is why you got the church in a disarray as it is. People got titles as pastors, but they're not living for God. You got people that are ministers and evangelists that are sleeping with members. You got, you got youth pastors that are violating the very children they're called to shepherd. Not living for God. So if I'm going to make this confession, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to live for you. God, I, for God, I live and for God, I die. And if you can say that this morning, you're in a great place and God says you're saved. Let me pray for you if you've made that confession, if you believe that in your heart. Father, we thank you. I thank you, God, for this one that has come. God, you know that this is this pastor's desire that men might be reconciled to you. I pray, God, as a result of this sermon series, God, that not only do we get our earthly relationships right, but, God, we get our eternal relationship right. God, we want men to be saved people to give their life to you so we thank you for this one we honor their life and we thank you God that heaven rejoices when one comes, when one repents they have repented this morning and they've come boldly to your throne of grace saying every hour they're in need of you so God we thank you we honor you let them know God that your word has declared Jesus said anyone the father puts in my hand no one can snatch away their salvation is secure this morning. And for that, God, we say thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. Do me a favor. If you've given your life this morning, send us a message in our inbox. Inbox us and say, I've given my life to Christ this morning. You'll make this pastor so happy if you can declare that this morning. We'll have somebody follow up with you, connect with you, so that you can make sure you're not in this journey alone. The, the most dangerous thing that any believer can do is walk this thing out called life by themselves. And here's the second thing, and I'm going to be out your way. There may be somebody who says, I, I need to be connected with the way church. I need to be a member. I need to be plugged in. Whatever y'all got going on, I want to be a part of it. We'd love for you to be a part of this. I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. The doors of the church are not open yet, but when they do, we shall embrace you. So do me a favor, inbox us as well via Facebook. If you can't inbox us via Facebook, send us a message to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. We'll follow up with you, we'll connect with you, and we'll tell you how you can be plugged into this local body of believers. At this time, I'm going to ask my wife if she would come up here and, um, and just been a, well, not benedict us. I'm going to ask her to come and give the offering and also the announcements. And then we'll have somebody come and benedict us as well. So I love y'all. I miss y'all dearly. Enjoy y'all Super Bowl uh, this afternoon, this evening rather. But be safe. I done seen a lot of folk um, leave this place. I had a friend. Ooh, Jesus. His wife thought that it was, she wasn't sure. But God came through. That's not everybody's testimony. I'm just telling you to be safe and govern yourselves accordingly. 
Let's be wise. I know you want to have fun. I know it's an exciting time. But this is still a time for believers to be in a secret place. Amen. I love y'all. Have my wife come at the same. All right. Good morning. Good morning again. Just, let's see here. Just two announcements. Um, reminder, you should already have been contacted by your poor group leader. Our poor groups have begun up in the month of February all over again. Listen, if you're a part of my poor group, then I will confess in church. They say confession is good for the soul. I have not contacted you, but I will this week. Um, so we, we will, but they have kicked off. So everybody else, I believe, has followed their assignment, right? I think yeah, all the other poor group, couple of them here looking at me in shame. Uh, but yes, yeah, so... Most of you, unless you're a part of my poor group, have been contacted um, and a new semester has kicked off, okay? Our new study is centered on dealing with and defeating anxiety. I think I have anxiety about starting a poor group. But if you are not involved in a poor group and would like to be, please send an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org and we will get you connected. I know there were a few of you who... I think embarrassingly, some new people have gotten added to my group, and I have not contacted you, but if you have, before this Sunday, have already reached out to the church about needing to be connected to a poor group, then Pastor Keith has already done that. You should have received some type of instruction or email stating which group you were a part of. Um, the February sermon series, as you already know, because you've been tuned in, is entitled Beyond Repair, and so we're going to continue in that next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., prayerfully with the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. We will come back this Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Ari, and celebrate that and also continue to celebrate reconciled relationships. I'm going to have to reconcile with Ari after <laughs> if my team does not win. But um, again, we're going to just continue to, to, to dig into that sermon series um, as God give revelation on the ministry of reconciliation. Listen, I don't know about you, but I was listening in the back uh, with the kids, but it was such a, a heartwarming message, um, really touched me in some ways that I realized that I still need to be challenged in. So please join us again that Sunday at 1030 a.m. Let someone know, text someone, call them, inbox them, do whatever you have to do and let them know. Um, what the sermon series is about because I believe that this is very beneficial. Also, Black History Month. Although we acknowledge Black History Month throughout the year, we are intentional in the month of February to highlight the lives and accomplishments of black leaders who have laid the foundation for our future. Therefore, each Sunday in February, we will share about a specific individual during, during what we will call or what we are going to call a moment in black history. So this Sunday, we're going to be highlighting Reverend James Page. Okay, everyone listen in. This is our history. Listen up. Reverend James Page. The Reverend James Page was born in 1808 of Tallahassee and is the first ordained black minister in Florida. The very first, 1808. Um, he also was the first pastor of Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. He came to Leon County as the slave of John Park Hill from Richmond, Virginia. What a testimony to arrive in a place as a slave and then become the first ordained black minister. He was a gardener and a carriage driver, as well as a body servant to his owner. After Page was ordained, Mr. Parkhill gave him land for the Bethel Church. He was the pastor for 13 years of Bethel the largest and strongest black church in the state at the time, and he also ran for the Florida Senate in 1870. Page died March 14th, 1883 at 75 years old. What a testimony. I mean, what type of life had Reverend Page had to have lived in front of a slave owner for them to give you land to start a church in, 18, in the 1800s? My God, that says something about his humility. It says something about this ministry of reconciliation and how he dealt with the very man that owned him as a human being. May we never forget his name, Reverend James Page, the very first ordained black minister in Florida. So again, we want to thank you so much for worshiping with us, and we invite you, as always, to tune in with us weekly. We want to um, give you the options and ways in which you can give if you would like to sow into this ministry. We'll say this, and we'll continue to say this. We, we want to echo 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 that says, um, every man must give or decide in his heart how much he is to give, and they should not give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. If there's anyone up here 
doing this offering and you feel like they're pressuring you, then that's a, a litmus sign for you to stop right away and make sure you're deciding in your heart what God is telling you to give. Pastor Keith has been talking to the leaders about giving, not in the form of amount, but in the form of consistency, okay? God is a God of consistency. He's not a God that does one thing and then stops. So if he's pressing upon your heart to give, even if it's 50 cents, then give it consistently. Now, here's the ways in which you can give. You can give in person. Um, if you're here, of course, you can put something in the offering envelope and you can place that in the baskets in the rear of the church. Then also you can give for those of who, you who are tuned in virtually. You can give via our website. If you log onto our website at waytampabay.org, then you can click on the PayPal link through the website and give that way. Okay, let me just pause and say right here before I go through our other options. If you decide to go through the website, I got to give her a shout out because I didn't do this. A lot of people know me to be techie. I did make sure it was on the website, but I'm not the brainchild behind it. But Sharla has done a phenomenal job with our podcast and keeping it up and making sure the word of God from the way Church of Tampa Bay is out there and it's accessible. Yeah, can we give her a round of applause? Even if you're virtually, throw it in the comment box. Say, we appreciate you, Sharla. Good looking out. Say something. <laughs> Because if it was left up to Lady Serena, we would still be on the second sermon from when the church launched. But she consistently, with all her responsibilities, all that she has going on in life, and she makes sure that podcast is updated. So it's not immediately, but if you go onto the website and you click on sermons, you can access, I believe at this point, about 20 plus sermons already. So if you miss something or you need to tune in, like this message today, it shouldn't be listened to one time. I don't know about you, but I've been to Wingstop like 5,000 times because I keep going back. I like the food. So if you like the food that you ate today, then you may need to put it in your ears throughout the week and continue to listen to it. Amen. So, um, again, thank you, Charlotte, publicly for what you do and your service. Um, so you can give through the website at waytemperbay.org. And then the other two ways are that you can give via Cash App. I know that's kind of more modern thing to do right now. If you decide to do that, then the church's name is dollar sign at the Way Church of TB dollar sign the way church or tb you can give via cash app and then lastly is mail in if you want to mail your offering this is also listed on the website but i'll go ahead and say it live it's p.o box 280003 p.o box 280003 tampa florida 33682 and those are the ways in which you can give your offering. Listen, again, be consistent. And we thank God for whatever you do. Um, and we thank God because of your consist consistency thus far that we have been able to be a blessing. Another shout out to Minister Chantel who led our back to school drive. And the kids were able to come and be blessed. Yes. Hand of applause. They were able to come. And she is no doubt that we're friends because she has OCD like me. She organized that thing in a way like... <laughs> <laughs> that made my soul well all of us who like organization saw it and probably were excited but I went back there and it just did something for my soul to see it so organized but she does that so gracefully and so easily and we thank God it's because of your donations and your continued support that we can make sure we're touching lives beyond ourselves here so thank you so much and now I hear my mama is finna come and Benedict you gonna do the benediction her bright self this ain't no white woman it's my mom <laughs> she's gonna benedict us amen good morning away church i know pastor keith gave me a minute i just wanted to say something that resonated in my spirit on my way here um god was calling even me to reconcile myself back to him um reconciliation i remember about two years ago i said um jeremiah 2 and 13 um for we have uh, forsaken the Lord, the, the God of living water, and we have healing our cisterns that cannot be filled with water because they're broken. I stand before you guilty of that. I stand before you um, guilty of falling off. Um, needed to reconcile myself back. I asked God to forgive me for everything I poured into that was not him. I erected those gods. And even though I poured into them, they were all broken. And because I was just, my, moral, my whole moral compass was off just off um but on the way here a lot of things my daughter said and what Keith said you would think that I know his scripture and privy to what Serena think and say I don't um the Lord just dropped it in my spirit a lot of stuff 
I can agree with what Serena was saying about, okay, if you can't make it to church today, but you're going to make it to the football game or that football party. Well, I know we become conducive to having church um, via media. Um, but what if we had that social gathering drink via media? What if we had that sexual liaison via media? What if we had these other um, gods that we erected on our own? on social? It wouldn't be so fulfilling. But yet still we'll be challenged to come to church. Um, I think 50 should be here every Sunday. Even myself, I work nights. I work every other weekend, so I'm not here. I work night shift. But being that he's, um, I guess it's a mandate, it could be at least 50. At least 50 are not showing up. But it's going to be more than 50 at that party. Somebody's playing a, a sexual liaison. And I can tell you now, I'm not talking like I'm perfect. I'm talking from my own experience. Uh -huh. From the drink to all that. I am. But I was called today to be reconciled back to God. Um, I appreciate that message. I appreciate that he's my pastor. I appreciate my children who can, whew, they knew, God knew they wouldn't have a crazy mama. <laughs> they were going to have to have three pillars around me to bring me back. But I just want to go before Lord right now that, you know, that the spirit of reconciliation fall over the earth even on today. That we don't become so conducive to just having um, church by social media that, you know, we'll once again come back and embrace. Because there's going to be a lot of embracing today, mask and, and, and no mask. And if you think that you could be protected out there and go out there with your head, then you got to know that you can come in the house of God and be protected as well. You know, God is just, that's just how he is. I just want to go before the people of God. And God, I just ask you right now, God, that you just blow on your people, God. Like Ezekiel, he went to the Valley of Dry Bones, oh God. And they were all just dead, God. And he called from the winds from the north, south, east, and west, east and west, God, to blow on those, God, that had been slain. Lord, even through this COVID season, Lord, your people have been slain, God. <laughs> with all kind of idolatry, all kind of mess in this, God. You see us, oh God. But God, we need to be reconciled back to you, God, in the name of Jesus. God, call us back, God. Do like you did in the valley of dry bones, God. Breathe on us, oh God, once again, God, in the name of Jesus, and restore us, God, and bring us back to you, oh God. In the name of Jesus, God, I just ask right now, God, even those that are watching over social media, God, if you've fallen into that dry place, whew, just labor before the Lord. He wants us back. He's concerned about the, the one sheep that get out the fence. He's concerned that we come back to him. I'm just going to make this prayer short because it was so much in my heart that just tell a tell all, but it'll come. It's going to come. It's going to come in the coming months. Because if I don't tell it, I won't be released and somebody else will be locked up on the inside of me. Now, God, I just ask, Lord, that you have your way on today. Lord, that you would just provide mercy for those that are traveling, Lord, those are coming and going, Lord. Provide extra mercy for those who just made an extra trip to come to church and serve you, God, and hoop and holler for you, God, before they hoop and holler for the football game. And I just thank you right now, God, for what you're about to do. I thank you, God, for reconciliation. I thank you for bringing those back into the church. God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Tell them they can come on back to church, Lord, and operate in a sound mind, God, without fear, God, because you're in here. This is your dwelling place. And I just ask you, oh God, to just have your way in this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.